Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast with me, your host, Christina Eng. This week, I'm blessing you all with two podcast episodes because lately there's just been a lot on my mind and a lot that I want to discuss with you guys on here. I just never stop running out of podcast ideas, which is crazy to me because obviously when I started, I didn't think that I'd be able to like upkeep as much content as I am now. But yeah, here we are. And it is currently snowing a lot here in New York, and you know what, I'm not mad about it because even though we are doing remote schooling and we still technically have to attend classes, I'm mentally giving myself a snow day and avoiding all schoolwork at any cost. That is why I even have time to sit down and record this podcast episode because God knows when I would be able to fit this in my schedule with midterms coming up and everything else that's going on. But we're going to hop right into things because I'm actually really excited about the topic we're going to be talking about in today's podcast episode, which as you guys can see by the title is all about intellectual property. And I kind of just wanted to make this episode more laid back and less structured than some of my other episodes on here. So we're just going to be talking about this topic of intellectual property and what that means in the context of the fashion industry. First off, I wanted to start off by telling you guys how I came upon this topic and what made me so adamant on talking about it on here. Because you're all probably wondering why of all things that I could talk about, I'm here talking about intellectual property. And there is a perfectly good explanation as to why I've chosen it as the subject of today's podcast episode. The main reason that this idea of intellectual property was even brought to the forefront of my mind in the first place was because it was something that I had talked about um, in one of my classes at Parsons. I know, right, not the typical thing that's talked about in a studio class, but that's actually one of the things that I really enjoy about my studio professor this semester because he's so open to talk about, you know, the fashion industry tea. Like, he's not scared to get real with his students, which I really enjoy because I love talking to genuine people. But anyway, so somehow we landed on the topic of how Parsons owns their students' intellectual property, which was the first time I was honestly hearing about this. And whether it's true or not, it's definitely not something that they disclaimed when we were first admitted into the school because, like, I knew nothing about it and a lot of my peers didn't know anything about it either. And, yeah, so basically that's what we were talking about for, like, 30 minutes of this class, which is so iconic. But unfortunately, by the end of the class, um, I didn't get a factual, like, consensus of whether or not it was true about Parsons owning their students' intellectual property, but I'm definitely determined to look into it more now that I've become aware of it. But getting to the point, that whole talk with my professor and my classmates, however, just got me thinking about so many things regarding this topic of intellectual property and how it relates to the fashion industry. And the idea within itself is actually a lot more convoluted and complex because There are just so many moving parts and intellectual property is not just like one thing, like you can't just define it in one way, but especially as an aspiring designer myself, it's something that I feel like I had to do more research on and learn more about. Nowadays, you just see so many fashion outlets and media accounts like Diet Prada, for example, 
talking about how this like so-and-so brand knocked off something from another brand or a graduate student and so this topic is so relevant in our world today not just the fashion industry i know i gave a lot of like fashion industry examples but it's kind of relevant in whatever industry you're in i definitely want to get more into this with you guys and even share some of the research that i found while looking into this subject for today's episode but First off, I wanted to share my own personal experience with copying in the fashion industry and just to like share my thoughts because I think it's an important subject to talk about. Honestly, maybe like a year or two years uh, before, I would definitely be too shy to talk about something like this out in the open, but now I just kind of don't care and just want to share what I think and just have these open conversations with you guys, my audience. So with all that being said, here's my whole thing on copying. Ever since I was young and starting to create, like making my own artwork and designing, I have been extremely against copying and people who copy other people. It's just something that was like ingrained in me and something that I live by and just don't tolerate at all. And a huge reason why I am against it and why I don't do it or try not to do it is because you know, my mindset is always like, why would you want to copy someone else and be like somebody else when you can just be your unique self? Like, why would you even want to do something that somebody else is doing because it's already been done? That's just my mindset on things and how I like to work as a creative and how I've always worked. Um, And I'm not gonna lie, when I see other people's, you know, amazing work, especially like as a fashion student who's constantly being surrounded by other people's outstanding work, Of course, I'm going to sometimes wish that I have thought of that idea or that I had made that thing. But the fact of the matter is, I would never steal it or copy it intentionally. Because that just to me makes no sense. If someone is already doing it and presenting it, then why would you want to do the same thing? I like being the only one doing something and being inherently unique. But I do get it though, like sometimes people are unconsciously influenced by other people's work and then I find that to be a whole other story because sometimes that happens to me too. But like if you're full on copying someone else and acknowledging it too, then yeah, you're just, you're just wrong. I know this can actually be a very controversial subject because let's face it, no one's perfect and sometimes you might not even be intentionally copying someone else, but it just comes off that way and then people see you in a bad light. Also, let's face it, there's so much saturation in our world today that it's nearly impossible to be 100% original. It's not like impossible impossible, but you guys get my point. It's super hard to be 100% original nowadays, especially with the rise of social media and technology. Information and inspiration is just so easily accessible and I completely, I can completely attest to this where I'm just scrolling on Instagram and I see something that I like, so I save it as inspiration for something that I'm working on later on in the future. So don't misconstrue my words, guys. I'm not saying that taking inspiration from people is bad because let's face it, we all do it whether we're trying to or not, but it's when inspiration becomes copying, then that's a whole different story. So yeah, that was my little rant on copying. I've definitely expressed my thoughts on copying on this podcast before, so it shouldn't be anything too new or shocking to y'all, but I'm just you know, as a creative myself, I get super serious and overprotective of my work, so it totally makes sense that I do feel this way. But with that all being said and finally getting my thoughts out on, like, the whole copying thing, let's talk a little bit about what intellectual property is. 
I'm sure a lot of you know what it is or can make sense of what it is, but for the sake of this episode, I wanted to provide you all with a little concrete definition to set the mood for the rest of this discussion we're going to have. So from a mix of various sources, intellectual property can be known as a category of property that includes intangible creations of the human intellect. It specifically refers to creations of the mind, such as inventions, literary and artistic works, designs and symbols, names and images used in commerce. So yeah, that is a little definition and I hope it helps you guys understand more about what intellectual property is. But with that, let's talk about it. Why is this concept of intellectual property so important, especially in the fashion industry? Well, when you really look at the fashion industry with a much deeper lens, it's much more than just pretty clothes and fashion shows. This $2.5 trillion industry is based on the ability of companies and fashion brands to monetize and distinguish themselves among the rest with intellectual property rights. The value of each design that a brand puts out and every product, detail, or idea that a company introduces to the world is an asset that strengthens their position in the industry, which is why it's so important for people to protect the things that they create. I want to take a little bit of time in this episode to go over some of the methods that are available to protect your ideas as creatives, and also just for anyone who has an idea or something that they want to keep as their own. Um, I'm not going to go too crazy with the specifics of each one, but just going to give you guys a general idea of what's out there if you were curious. So the main types of protection that we've got out there are copyrights, trademarks, and patents. And there's also another one called trade secrets or something, but that one is not that applicable to the fashion industry, so we're just going to ignore that one for this episode. We'll start with copyrights, which are probably the most common types of IP protections that you guys already know about. Copyrights protect original works of authorship, and this covers literary works, music, art, and more. Today, copyrights also cover protection over computer softwares and architecture, if anyone was curious about that. But copyright protections are automatic, and that means that once you create something and then you copyright it, then it officially becomes yours. So if someone infringes on those rights, you are protected under copyright and you can essentially file a lawsuit and yeah. So that's what a copyright is for those of you who did know about copyrights, but not exactly what they are and what they do. Next, we have a trademark specifically for the protection over phrases, words, or symbols that distinguish the source of a product or service of one party from another. An example of this would be something like the Nike symbol. That's um, a type of trademark. Um, And finally, we have the last one, which is a patent, which is probably the more obscure one of the three that I'm talking about. A patent is the overarching form of protection that can be used to protect inventions or discoveries that are new, non-obvious, and useful. When a property owner holds a patent, others are prevented under law from offering for sale, making, or using that product. So yeah, those three are the main ones you'll find that are most commonly used within the fashion industry. And I hope that helps some of you understand what kinds of protections are available out there. I know it definitely helped me when I was looking more into this topic of intellectual property, especially since, you know, I'm a designer myself and trying to navigate my work amongst the work of others. It's super important for me to understand what I can do to protect my own ideas. So in this whole discussion of intellectual property in the fashion industry, 
I wanted to shed some light on the idea of copying culture or the copycat economy, which is what it's also referred to as. And when we talk about this copycat economy, we're talking about how fast fashion brands like Zara, Forever 21, and H&M have built massive empires by offering cheap knockoffs of high-end fashion. At this point, fast fashion brands knocking off other people have become so standard in this industry that it's not even talked about anymore and nobody talks, like, sheds light on it anymore at all. But the truth is, that doesn't make it, like, necessarily right. And guess what? You guys probably didn't know this, but all of that is completely legal. So I'm not sure how many of you knew this beforehand, but the current copyright law in the United States protects things such as books, paintings, photographs, and song lyrics, but does not protect useful things like clothing and accessories. I'm sure you all can imagine how frustrating that is for designers in the US, because for us it means that only certain aspects of garments can be protected, but not the whole garment as a whole, which makes absolute zero sense to me, but apparently that's how it works in the US, so... If you ever wondered why people found it okay for fast fashion retailers to rip off other designs without getting in trouble for it or even sued, that's the reason why. It's because of the copyright law that we have in the United States. And the instances that I gave were about fast fashion retailers ripping high-end fashion designers off, but there have been increasing cases where a lot of high-end fashion designers are ripping off like smaller brands and even student work which is even more unsettling. And the same thing applies in that situation. The smaller brands can't do anything about it because of the copyright law present. It's especially difficult for smaller brands who don't really have enough funding to ensure the proper protection. And, you know, forget students, we barely have enough funding to get ourselves through college. So what makes you think we're gonna spend thousands of dollars on patents and copyrights? Why this topic is so important to me is because I am firsthand seeing these things happen on a day-to-day basis in my industry, and also being a student designer myself, I hope that I never have to worry about a larger brand knocking off something that I have come up with myself. The sad part of it is that it happens so often, more than we care to talk about. Like, just because you're not seeing it on a day-to-day basis in Vogue or, like, BOF and Harper's Bazaar, you know, posting about it every day doesn't mean that it's not happening. Especially for emerging and young designers, the price of copying can be so much more damaging because we lack the name brand reputation and loyal customer base that a lot of high-end fashion brands have. So the stakes are a lot higher. And again, like I mentioned before, emerging brands and young designers, a lot of them just don't have the resources to fight off against retail giants. Design patents and copyrights, sure, we can get those, but they can cost several thousands of dollars and that's not exactly money that smaller brands have lying around to invest in protection for their work and they shouldn't have to. All of that money could be going into something more useful things like, I don't know, upgrading to sustainable packaging or ethical manufacturing. You guys get my point. But yeah, I know that was a lot that I just went on a little tangent about and I didn't want to throw all of that on you guys without talking about what we can do collectively to avoid the copying or imitating of intellectual property in the industry. I think in every other instance, I would say social media is really toxic or social media is bad for you, but I think that there are some instances, especially this past year, where social media has become a place for people to come together and just support each other. 
I swear, I know I keep mentioning Diet Prada, but I do think that their platform has become so powerful in terms of using social media to publicly call out these knockoffs and just bringing greater awareness for the people who are getting knocked off of. Um, A couple of months ago, they even brought attention to a high-end brand that was knocking off this graduate student's work. So it's not only small designers that Diet Prada will really call out. They do pay attention to the students of the industry as well. I'm telling you guys, nowadays it's not even worth going through lawyers and all of that legal stuff when you can just call attention to someone ripping you off through the power of social media. And let me tell you, social media can be a lot more damaging to a brand's reputation than any lawyer will ever be. That's the harsh reality of social media. Not saying I'm a fan of cancel culture or anything like that because I'm not, but I do think that the individuals who achieve their success through methods that were not with good intentions deserve to be called out for it. But I, however, have found that there was also a flip side of the use of social media in the case of intellectual property and it does hold some weight to it as well. In some ways, social media can be more hurtful than helpful because of the fact of how fast information is spread on there. It seriously only takes a matter of seconds for a fast fashion brand to find something on Instagram that they like and then manufacture a look in less than two weeks. Also, with the use of social media, so many people and brands are out there posting stuff that they necessarily don't have the rights to, and it's not like Instagram vets these things before somebody posts it. It's also just really hard these days to determine who the original source was of anything, but, you know, I digress. Another really important thing to know is the responsibility that we as consumers and customers have to not continue supporting copycats in the industry. You probably don't think it's going to be that harmful to buy something from a fast fashion retailer, like if it's just a once or twice thing, but not only are you affecting the environment because, let's face it, fast fashion is not at all sustainable, but you are also inherently supporting these retailers to continue making knockoffs and stealing from other designers who, you know, whose work is to create these things. So I'm telling you, when they say that there is power in consumerism, they're so right. The consumers hold all the power, let me tell you. I used to think that was a myth when I first started in the fashion industry, but the more and more that I see in the industry, the more that I find that it's so true. But anyway, you guys, I really hope you enjoy today's podcast episode topic. Um, I've been meaning to talk about more subjects that are not that talked about nowadays and to shed more light on subjects that are quote-unquote controversial. Even though, like, the topic of intellectual property is not something that is outwardly controversial, not a lot of people talk about it, and that's at least how I feel. And yeah, I just really enjoyed all of the research that went into this episode as well because I myself was able to learn so much that I didn't know about my own industry and then ultimately share it with you guys. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning into this podcast and to hit that follow button if you're liking what you're hearing. It certainly helps me out a lot. If you have any ideas for future episodes, give me a DM on Instagram because I would love to hear them. Anyway, love you guys always and see you on the next episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast.